Peace, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Vital Hoops Podcast. My name is Fernando Cardenas, aka International XB, and I'm your host. This is episode 11, and we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we're going to be rapping about the NBA. As always, we're going to talk a little bit about the summer leagues and pro-ams. Um, you know, we're going to get into some serious stuff as well, but first and foremost, Today is August 11th, and August 11th is hip-hop's birthday, so let's get into it. You already know what it is. Hip-hop culture is my dear culture, and as I always say, it is the culture of basketball as well. So August 11th, 1973, DJ Cool Herc's Back to School Jam in the Bronx, New York, is known as the birth of hip-hop. You know, um, DJ Cool Herc is to many, including myself, the father of hip hop. You know, some say, depending on who tells the story, some say there were other DJs and other people around that time um, doing the same thing. Either way, you know, um, much respect to all of them, all of the fathers and mothers of, of, of our culture. And either way, early, early 70s, you know, was was the beginning of it all. Um, it was not a culture yet at that time. It didn't even have its name yet. Uh, it wasn't even known as hip hop. But um, it's some. It's you know started around that time officially. Not too long. Not too long thereafter um, came the you know Zulu Nation, the Stop the Violence movement, and these movements were really key. You know, uh, for really key to to the culture because it, it was about organizing. You know, these movements were really about organizing uh, for liberation and for empowerment. And, you know, um, that's what hip hop really is about. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not just about arts. Uh, it's about really liberation, the liberation of our people. And uh, I believe uh, still to this day, and it always will be hip hop is, you know, hip hop is, uh, is a culture of resistance. So that's key. Um, peace, love, unity and having fun that's what hip-hop is and you know it's important to to understand and to overstand that there's no there's no peace without struggle you know what i mean there's no unity without consciousness you feel me and um love is what it's all about love is the force that drives it all you know what i mean we do this because we love ourselves we love our family we love our people we love our culture so that's what it's about and then having fun is key to us you know us African people, it is it is within us. It is part of our nature, and it is key in order to, especially in these systems that we live in, in order to stay sane. You know, it's important for us to you know have have our dose of fun as well. You know, so let's talk about elements. Hip hop culture is about elements. Many people, uh, when they hear hip hop, they think rap music automatically, because that is the element that that um that became most famous uh, rapping or emceeing, as we say, you know, is one of the elements of the culture. There's uh, DJing, obviously, which is known as the first element. There's break dancing. There's graffiti art. You know, there's beatboxing. There's knowledge or knowledge of self or um, street knowledge, which is key. It is the main element, in my opinion, because, you know, without the knowledge, we're not we're not even a culture so that's that and there's um 
street fashion, street language, street entrepreneurialism, and the latest element, which is the 10th element of hip hop, health and wellness, which was incorporated, I believe, in 2016. And I think it's really dope, you know what I mean, that health and wellness became officially an element of the culture. Because I believe, you know, in my opinion, it always has been part of the culture, um, you know, but, you know, recently we have been losing lots of legends, you know, and people uh, from preventable diseases, you know, you know what I mean? So uh, health and wellness is key. Um, health and wellness, uh, the element is based, uh, is based in mainly plant-based eating, you know I mean, fitness, food justice, animal rights you know, all of that. So like I said, it always has been part of the culture, but now it's like, you know, it's like official. So much respect to Keith Tucker of Hip Hop is Green for incorporating the 10th element of hip hop. Much respect to, like I said, Cool Herc, you know, KRS-One, all the pioneers, you know what I mean? Like I said, hip hop is our culture. It is African culture. It is a culture of resistance. And like I said, it is the culture of basketball because since, since its beginning, you know, brothers were in the park, you know, playing ball and it was all around it. You know what I mean? That's where that's where the, the B-boys were at. You know what I mean? That's where everything, the culture all came together with the street ball. You know what I mean? So I believe it is part of, you know, it is the, it is one in the same. It is the culture. You know what I'm saying? And street ball, the way it influenced the game of basketball today um, is a huge part of what basketball is today. That's why I believe that basketball is, you know what I mean? Uh, the culture of basketball is hip hop, but you know what I mean? If you want to check out a little bit more about that, I get into that. Um, check out episode number two of the Vital Hoops podcast with my sister, Tony Blackman. You know what I mean? Uh, episode number two, like I said, it's called We Are Hip Hop. Check it out. And speaking of previous episodes, you may also want to check out The Healing of a Nation, episode number four of the Vital Hoops podcast, which is all about marijuana, right? And its use. Uh, mainly for athletes and um you know i speak on marijuana right now because uh first of all free all the prisoners all the people that are in jail uh due to to this plant you know they're in they're in jail because of marijuana possession or use or whatever uh we need to free all these people but i say that to say Brittany Griner you know for those of you who don't know Brittany Griner uh you know, Brittany Griner, WNBA superstar. She was going into Russia to play ball for the team that she plays for in Russia. And uh, she had apparently a vape pen with some cannabis oil. And uh, that was enough for, for the authorities in Russia to, to, to detain her. And uh, since February, she's been held back there. And she was actually now, she pled guilty. And she was now, she's now sentenced to nine years in prison, right? So as we know, there's a lot going on with Russia right now and the United States. And, um, you know, it's all politics. But Brittany Griner being held or being sentenced to nine years in prison for, you know, uh, cannabis oil is just wild. It's crazy right now. It needs to, it needs to stop. You know what I mean? Uh, Russia wants, wanted a prisoner swap, swap, I guess. They, they wanted to, you know, exchange... Uh, a political prisoner for for Brittany Griner. I think the United States called it a bluff or whatever, but now they're, you know, I guess they're <laughs> they're talking about it. But either way, uh free Brittany Griner. 
you know, uh, free Britney Griner and free all the people that are in jail uh, for anything that has to do with cannabis. You know what I mean? It's about time. Let's talk about summer pro-ams. You know what I mean? These summer leagues, these pro-ams, uh, which I love to follow, you know, as a hooper, as a ball player. Summertime is the best time. You get to work on your game. You get to go to these tournaments, these pro-ams. You know what I'm saying? And um, um, I used to I used to go to a lot of lots of tournaments with my guys, you know, back in the day. Now I'm getting up there in age. I still did I still did one tournament uh with some of my teammates uh at the beginning of the summer. It was dope. We did a three-on-three tournament. Fortunately, we lost, but we had fun. It was good to see the three-on-three, how the three-on-three is growing, how it's being played, you know what I'm saying? But it was fun. But anyway. Uh, let's talk uh, pro-ams, big-time pro-ams. Drew League. This year, we had the opportunity to see LeBron James come out, you know what I mean, and uh, and and score 42 points at the Drew League. He, he was with DeMar DeRozan, I believe. Yeah, he was with DeMar DeRozan, and, you know, they 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 got that W out there. But uh, more importantly, they came out, man, and played ball for the love of it, man, out there, you know. And lots of kids got got a chance to see LeBron that might might never have that chance again. They got to see him play up close, and it was dope. LeBron was killing, you know. What I'm saying much respect to LeBron. I believe that uh, more NBA players should be doing that, you know. Like Dejounte Murray spoke on that. Matter of fact, he spoke on that. He said, you know, NBA players, if you're healthy, come out to the pro ams. You know, what I'm saying. He he said what he said. He said we're not too big for that. And he's right, you know what I'm saying? Remember why you started hooping in the first place and, you know, get out there, man. <clears throat> I believe that's dope when, when you know, when NBA ballers come out to to the to the pro-ams and even to the parks if they can and if they're healthy, you know what I'm saying? But um, let's talk about uh, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young and John Collins. They went out to the crossover, which is Jamal Crawford's pro-am. And um, they did their thing, you know what I mean? The, the 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 new Atlanta Hawks, big three, they came out. They have fun. Once again, much respect to all of them. You know I'm saying to LeBron as well, you know, to DeMar DeRozan. Uh, there's been a few NBA player that, players that have come out to, to pro-ams, you know what I'm saying? And a lot, of, a lot of them always have, but I feel like this summer, quite a few came out, and I think that's dope. I think that's dope for the game of basketball in general. So much respect to all the NBA players that, you know what I'm saying, that came out to, to the summer pro-ams. Um, now, I do want to touch on one thing. I hear a lot of talk, you know what I'm saying, of people saying, like, uh, you know, these guys, these guys don't go hard. The NBA players, they don't go hard in the summer leagues. That's that's understandable. They, I mean, they don't go hard. They they go hard, but they don't go all out 100%, like crazy deal. That That's understandable, you know what I'm saying? They have to be careful. They can't really, they got to make sure they don't get hurt, all of that. That's understandable. But I hear some people talking, say, you know, and calling other players, you know, bums or Joes, you know what I mean? And I want to put a stop to that, man. Listen, just because, just because certain players are not in the NBA doesn't mean they're not pros. You understand what I'm saying? And that's, I think that's very important. A lot of people only call the pros the NBA guys. Nah, man. You know what I'm saying? Nah, that's not how it is. And a lot of these guys have proved it. Have proved that, you know, they can hang with a lot of these cats. They are pros. Just because they're not playing in the NBA doesn't mean they're not pros. 
And I speak from from personal experience. You know what I'm saying? I never got even close to the NBA. You know what I'm saying? But I played pro bowl, you know what I'm saying? And I wasn't even in first division here. But guess what? The work ethic is like a pro. The, the practice is like a pro. Everything is like a pro. You know what I'm saying? We put in the work. We put in the time. We put in the, the love of the game is the same. You know, we get paid for, for playing ball. You know, we don't make the same amount of money, but we're pros as well. You know what I'm saying? So understand that these guys aren't Joes. They're not average Joes. Some of them in pro-ams are. There are some cats that come out that are just, you know, amateurs. But a lot of these dudes don't get it twisted. They're pros as well. They're not in the league, but they're professional basketball players. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's important to mention. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Another thing is, uh, uh, you know, uh, the the pro city, pro city in New York. Three of the New York Knicks players came out. Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, and Obi Toppin. Um, they came out. Once again, like I said, I think it's dope. It's dope that NBA players come out. You know what I'm saying? They lost. And um, that's it. That kind of proves you know, my point on what I'm talking about, you know, it's not a guaranteed win out there. Uh, but I do believe that they should have won that they, you know what I'm saying? When, when you see three NBA players together on the same squad and they're, they're actually on the same team, they need to find a way to win. You know what I'm saying? Especially me being a Knicks fan, I'm looking at it like that, you know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. There are great ballers. There were great ball players in front of them. You know what I'm saying? Dudes that play overseas, dudes that, you know what I'm saying? That know the game of basketball. And so, you know, they lost. Uh, once again, like I said, I know and understand that they don't go all out 100%, but I still believe they need to find a way to win, especially when it's, you know, three of them from the same squad playing together, you know. And, uh, you know, much respect to all of them. You know what I'm saying? Summer League is dope. Pro-Am, I enjoyed watching some of these games this year. And, um, you know, I want to I wanna put on the map real quick the Dakar Summer League, you know what I'm saying? Much respect to my sister, Sira Sila a.k.a. the Lady Hoop, you know what I'm saying? Um, she was on the podcast on the podcast as well. Make sure you check out her episode. It's called Inspire and Empower. So shout out to her. She's she's working on the the Dakar the, the Summer League right now, which is uh, it's going to be dope, you know what I'm saying, out in Dakar, Senegal. You know what I'm saying? I think it's much needed. You know, basketball is growing in the motherland, and we love it. So, uh, so shout out to everybody involved in these summer leagues as well, in these pro-ams. And, and these tournaments, you know what I'm saying? Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the Brooklyn Nets, or more specifically, KD, Kevin Durant. It's, it's crazy right now. It's crazy right now. It's crazy right now in general in the league. There's a lot going on, but I want to focus a little bit on, the, on KD, you know what I'm saying, since he's one of the greatest players, you know, of all time, but definitely in the league right now. So Kevin Durant, Asked for a trade. You know what I'm saying? He asked for a trade. He hasn't been traded because it is very difficult to trade him because most, team ha most teams have to lose, you know, damn near their, their entire roster in order to acquire Kevin Durant because he's that caliber of a player. And then once he's by himself on the team, then he won't be able to win. So it's, it's, it's not worth it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it hasn't been done yet. He hasn't been able to be traded. But recently, most recently, apparently, uh, they said that recently he had a meeting with the with the with the Nets with the Brooklyn Nets, and he said that he would stay in Brooklyn, but only if they fired the GM and the head coach Steve Nash. Now this came to many people's surprise because 
he did say um, not too long ago, I believe on his podcast, that he was fine with Steve Nash, that Steve Nash needed another chance, that a lot of people were hurt th throughout this past season and that it was normal, you know, and that, you know, Steve Nash deserved another chance. And now he's saying that he wants him fired in order to stay. You know what I'm saying? Kyrie, Kyrie resigned, but I believe only for he only had one more year as of now. Uh, and KD, I guess, feels like he can't win there right now and he wants a, a trade. First thing I believe is that, you know, everybody wants, oh, yeah, KD, he's, he's doing too much. He's asking for too much. You can't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. First thing is we haven't heard how or why KD is saying this really so we don't truly know how he how it came out how he said it you know what his reasons are so we only you know we're coming off of you know the media like always you know what I'm saying so I wouldn't judge KD off of this I'm not judging KD off of this I won't uh I do believe that he's gonna be in a tough situation if they don't trade him now you know what I'm saying because his teammates knowing that he doesn't want to be there. His coach knowing that, you know, he doesn't even want him there. Uh, it's going to be tough to to play to play with him. But, you know, once again, KD is such a great ball player that, you know, and he's Kyrie's homeboy. So if they're playing together, I guess, you know, it's a very – it's a possibility that they will begin – at least begin the season together in Brooklyn because I don't think the Nets are firing these guys that quick, you know what I mean, for, for, for KD that just asked for a trade. So <clears throat> we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully uh, it gets resolved and KD gets to a place where he wants to be or where he wants to hoop and he can, you know, give the best uh, of himself and, and put himself in a, in a position to win a championship. I want to <clears throat> talk a little bit about Draymond Green. First of all, like, I, like I've always said, much respect to Draymond Green, you know, and uh, – but I want to say, I want to talk a little bit about what he said recently. Draymond Green, Draymond Green said that, you know, the 20, I love his podcast, by the way, definitely big up to, to him, like I said. But he said on his podcast that the 2017 Warriors would beat the 1998 Chicago Bulls. Not only would they beat them, he said that they would beat them by 20 and they would beat the Jazz by 40. Uh, that's why he, he said it's stupid to compare errors. I somehow agree that it is stupid to compare errors, but I do not agree with his statement at all. Um, the first thing is, I believe that it's about the style of play and the and the refereeing. You know what I'm saying? Like if you put both teams at, on their peak to play each other, to play against each other, it'll depend on what who's refing them. Obviously, if the refs from 2017 are refing that game then the Warriors would win if the if the refs from 2000, and I'm not even sure about that, but if the refs from, from 1998 is ref, are refing that game, the Warriors are not winning that game, right? Now, I also believe it's about the ability to adapt, right? Uh, and I, I do, I believe, I personally believe that the 1998 Bulls could have adapted to this, to this style of play better than the 2017 Warriors would have adapted to 1998 as a team right as a team now i looked them up a little bit <clears throat> and obviously both teams are great you know what i'm saying all team both teams are really great the 2017 warriors uh won the championship against the cleveland cavaliers uh they had kevin durant win the mvp they were uh 67 and 5th and 15 throughout the season amazing 
1998 Chicago Bulls went 62-20. and 20. They won the championship as well against the Utah Jazz and had Michael Jordan as the MVP. Some of the main players on the roster, uh, Ron Harper, 6'6 point guard. They had Mike, obviously. They had Steve Kerr. They had Tony Kukoc. They had Scottie Pippen. They had Dennis Rodman. Uh, you know, uh, these are some of the main uh, key pieces. The Warriors had Steph Curry. Um, they had um, Andre Iguodala. They had Sean Livingston. Again, a 6'7 point guard. They had JaVale McGee. They had uh, Clay Thompson, David West. Uh, obviously, Draymond Green. Green. So they were definitely a stacked team and an amazing team. But I still believe, you know, the 1998 Chicago Bulls, boy. I got to give it to them. But this is a good... This is always fun, you know what I'm saying, to argue on this. Uh, please let me know what you all think, you know, not just on this and, you know, also on what I spoke on KD and all of that. Let me know what you all think, how you all feel on the comments below. And, you know, we could go back and forth a little bit. But people forget. This is all I'm going to say, man. People forget about Mike. People forget quick in general. But people forget about the greatness of Michael Jordan. A lot of people don't forget. They just weren't around to see it. But a lot of people just forget, man. You know what I'm saying? They forget. Those who have played against Mike, I hear him talk, man. It was something else. Word up. But anyway, I'm going with the 1998 uh, Chicago Bulls. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Etan Thomas. You know what I'm saying? Much respect to Etan Thomas and his show, his podcast, The Rematch. I love that. I check it out all the time. And uh, recently, he was speaking about the media. And I truly agree with him on this. And I think um, what he does is very important because not just as far as this talk, you know, he does a lot. You know what I'm saying? I, I respect him a lot. I've always respected him ever since he was a ball player. He's always uh, spoken up. He's always been, you know, a voice. But what he what he says is very important. He says that these false narratives that the media... Uh, how how the media portray a lot of lots of players has a huge impact. Understand what I'm saying? It has a huge impact and even an economic impact in certain cases. And he gave out an example of Kwame Kwame Brown. You know what I'm saying? And the way Stephen A. Smith and certain like how the media was treating him, it actually affected his career. And I believe he's 100% correct on this. You know the way the media portray portrays things, and it's not just with sports, but sports is a great example. You know what I mean? Our political education and the way we view things, we view other countries, the way we view conflict, right? All this affects us. So the media is key. And what he's talking about is very real. And I think it's important to to analyze and to think about, you know, we, we must always form our own opinion based on our knowledge and, you know, our experience. But also we got to deep, dig deeper than what somebody tells us on TV. You know what I'm saying? The mainstream media, um, is dangerous, but but he he argues that you know it influences the even the owners, not just the fans and all this, the owners and you know the people in general. And I agree with him. Um, he had another example. Uh, he spoke about, uh, like I say, the Kwame Brown example was one, but he also spoke about Kyrie Irving, and he says that you know the way they've been demonizing Kyrie, but if the media would have spoken about Kyrie and they would have approached a mental health, uh argument the whole thing would be very different and he's right 
he's right. You know what I'm saying? People, the, the media and, the, and, the, and, the, and these leagues pick and choose, you know, who they, who they want as their faces for mental health and, you know, these kinds of things. So just a little something I wanted to touch on. Once again, like I said, let, let us know what you think. Leave us comments. You know, you can send us an email. But um, I think this is an, an interesting conversation. And uh, like I said, much respect to Tom Thomas. Um, it's been a good one. Before before we, we go, I want to touch on something extremely important. It is Black August. You know what I'm saying? For those of you who don't know, please educate yourself a little bit on Black August. You know what I'm saying? Black August is the time to pay tribute to all the Black freedom fighters. You know what I'm saying? Um, all over the world. Those fighters whose resistance resulted in the ultimate sacrifice. You know what I mean? And uh, it is also a time to commit to continuing to fight for justice and liberation until we win. So Black August, um, you know, uh, political prisoners, free all political prisoners, these people must be free. You know, the people that have fought for us, for our liberation, for our people, for our ancestors, for our future, you know, are these, you know, political prisoners. And it's important to say free them, free them all. You know what I'm saying? Free Mutulu Shakur, free Mumi Abu Jamal. I'm saying, and and not just in the United States. There are many uh, political prisoners all over the globe. You know what I'm saying? Me being Afro-Cuban, I know uh, that right now this, you know, this talk is the situation in Cuba is very complicated. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but uh, there are many political prisoners out there right now. You know, there's the the well-known cases of Michael Osorbo. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Luis Manuel Alcantara. These brothers, I know these brothers personally. They're artists. You know what I'm saying? They're good people. They're good brothers. And, you know, they need to be free, man. You know what I'm saying? So free them. Free them all. Free all political prisoners worldwide. You know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> when we talk about August, I also want to mention, you know, August 7th just passed. And uh, August 7th, we celebrate the Partido Independiente de Color, which is the independent party of color. Uh, the first black uh political party in the western hemisphere you know what i'm saying they formed in 1908 and uh it, it was about you know black people having the right it was they're from cuba uh and they were murdered they were assassinated in the 1912 massacre so four years later they were gaining force the, the people were starting to really follow them and 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 rock with them and uh obviously the government murdered murdered them and and many other people who were with them so, uh, you know what I'm saying? There's also August 17th, which is Marcus Garvey. Marcus Garvey uh, Day, you know what I'm saying? Marcus Garvey, for those of you who don't know, you know, freedom fighter, one of the fathers of Pan-Africanism, you know, uh, a creator of the UNIA, Universal Negro Improvement Association, which was an, uh, the biggest uh, organization uh, for Black liberation uh, for all Africans around the globe you know, creator of the red, black, and green flag, you know what I'm saying, which is uh, obviously my flag, as you can see uh, right here on the microphone, I got my red, black, and green, but, you know, it should be the flag of all people of African descent. Um, So yeah, August is a very special month, you know what I mean? Black August is meant to train. Um, uh, We encourage people to fast, study, and fight, right? So uh, training, uh, training physically, you know what I'm saying? Uh, staying in shape, staying healthy. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, fasting, 
uh, which is which is very important and very good to to give the system of the digestive system a chance to to rest a little bit. You know, what I'm saying study, uh, study is key as as we always say, study the 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 fight the struggle of our people what we've been through but not only that also the greatness and everything that came before uh the bad times you know our roots back in africa uh before all this uh before the atlantic slave trade and all this uh study and then and then fight you know how do we fight you know by joining organizations organizations that fight for for black liberation so this is key you know what i'm saying so i just wanted to touch on that um because it is something that's important, I believe. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, uh, we ball players. We're not just athletes. We need to be in touch with our roots, with our with our ancestors, with our struggle, and with our greatness. So all of this is part of it. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, before I go, obviously, I got my book recommendation. And uh, since it is Black August, and we're talking about political prisoners, uh, I'm going with, uh, I want to recommend Live from Death Row from Mumia Abu-Jamal. I'm saying Mumia Abu-Jamal uh, has been unjustly uh, jailed for many years and he was on death row. And, uh, you know, check out the book, man. It's, it's an amazing book, Live from Death Row, uh, Free Mumia. All right, uh, Vada Hoops Podcast. Uh, we want to say thank you. Uh, if you like it, if you like what's going on over here, make sure you share. Make sure you share the podcast. Spread the word. Share it on social media. Uh, give us thumbs up. You know what I'm saying? Give us five stars. And we appreciate you. We appreciate you for listening. Make sure you send us an email. Vodahoospodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you want us to, to, to elaborate on. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. We're open to uh, constructive criticism. And... Um, and we'll be back. We'll be back in a couple week, weeks with an amazing guest, as always. And we're going to keep rocking by the hoops. We do it for the culture. We out. Peace. <laughs>